What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Blue, the self-proclaimed chillest podcast you've never heard of. I'm Taylor. And I'm Christian. And today we're going to be talking about ghost ships. But before we get into this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Follow us on all of our social medias at The Blue Podcast. And if you want access, I almost stuttered over that. Uh, If you want access over... Ah, fuck, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) If you want access to other exclusive content... Um, please consider following us on Patreon and join our blue club. Yes. Sometimes I just talk so fast and either like I'm in the rhythm or I'm not. And today I I had to read it. Taylor, I feel like I'm never in a rhythm. (laughs) (laughs) Christian, you are a mood. (laughs) I'm a mood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, for our kind of little catch-up, I wanted to talk to you about Alana Blanchard's new YouTube video. Have you seen her series with her husband? I've seen, I've seen little clips. I haven't seen a, I've seen one full episode. Um, but you, is there something cool about this most recent one? Yeah. So, um, first of all, love that pro surfers are creating their own YouTube channels. It's really cool. I've been saying this for. however long YouTube has been out, that it'd be really cool to see professional athletes kind of take fans or whatever viewers um, along for the journey. So uh, I totally love that. But um, she just released a video um, kind of opening up about her experience with uh, having an eating disorder. But Mm -hmm. what makes this interesting is, I mean, it's amazing that she's talking about Um, eating disorders and bringing awareness to it and why and everything but she touched on um, her experience uh, and her internalization of being in the water as Bethany Hamilton was attacked by a shark which if you remember we covered that episode on Bethany and we kind of talked about how Alana never talked about it in the media she never kind of um said anything mm-hmm. and uh, she finally spoke out about it and talked about how it affected her mental health and how it affected her physical health um, so that made this video really impactful and it was kind of like the first time she ever addressed it to the public which was crazy oh so when bethany had the accident that's when alana i guess i don't know began is the right word but that's when she had the eating disorder yeah, so basically it was like a few months after the attack that she got pulled on uh, to Rip Curl's team and she became a key model for them as a surfer. Um, and then she was obviously like internally battling with um, the attack because she was a little kid. She said that like kids are resilient, so she didn't really like think about it much, but it really did affect her. Um, and affect her, her mental health. And um, it was just her having to deal with that past trauma. So uh. yeah, she was talking about it having to do with the attack. She was talking about it having to do with the fact that she was all of a sudden onboarded as a surfer, as a kid, and now she's standing up against models. And now she's mm-hmm. comparing herself and her body to these models that don't even surf. They're not um, athletic. So she kind of went down that rabbit hole i see yeah yeah that seems like a lot for her to handle especially at that age yeah one thing to deal with her best friend almost dying 
from a shark attack and she was mm -hmm. there too that day and then now she has to live up to these expectations of like her endorsements and trying to fit the perfect image yeah exactly. that seems like a lot wow well yeah. it's cool that she was you know courageous enough to be open about it even if it did take a little while but totally good for her yeah yeah um and an that kind of brought me to a question that I wanted to ask you, which is how do you feel about um, brands like Rip Curl or Billabong or whatever, Hurley, hiring people that are not surfers to model their bikinis mm, or to yeah. model their wetsuits? Like, how do you feel about that? Um, oh, man, this is going deep. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I just I mean, wanted to throw it out there. Yeah it's actually i just never thought of it now but yeah if, like if you think about it for men they don't really hire as uh, they do sometimes they hire non-surfers to represent them um yeah i mean i i can i can see why they do it because they're not just targeting like surfers um to wear their clothes so i can i can see why they want to get models and like buff dudes and skinny girls to rep it um i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know that's uh i'm like not completely against it but at the same time i'm not all for it yeah you know like i i get where they're where they're coming from mm -hmm. but at the same time i don't want like non-professionals to be overlooked yeah exactly like you don't have to look that good to be able to like wear or like represent the clothes you want to wear or to like fit any kind of lifestyle i don't know does that make sense i feel like <laughs> no that that totally makes sense yeah i don't know it's definitely i feel like a controversial topic i've never it's really tricky. heard anybody talk about it but i feel like yeah. it is um it's tricky huh yeah i yeah. feel the same way as you because if you're a small shop and you're posting your stuff to whatever, have a model, hire a model in a board short or a bikini, you can't just get Gabriel Medina, you know? So you need to hire models to do that. But if you're pushing the lifestyle and you're pushing the the surfer, yeah. they make the brand, in my they opinion. Do I don't feel yeah. like, I don't feel like the brand makes them. Yeah. So it's kind of hard That's because true. they're the face of the brand. And the reason that I love certain surf companies so much is because of the surfers that represent them. Yeah. You know? True. Yeah. I feel like when like a signature model comes out for like any type mm -hmm. of clothing, that's when they get the pros to, to do photo shoots and stuff like that. Exactly. But when it comes to, I guess, like a more generic line that comes out that's when they get like the more commercial models to okay so then if let's say john john florence has his own line of something yeah. it would be you feel like it would be against somewhat of a code of conduct if they had somebody else model it and wear it right right that, unless, i could see um, that yeah. yeah yeah unless they're like with his company because you know he came out with his own company right yeah i did i did hear yeah. that so i feel like I feel like the only people that are going to be repping that are like him and like his brothers probably are like <laughs> his just like really close friends. But um, yeah, I feel like 
it's it would only be like a close knit of people if like to be representing his product. You're going off on a tangent, my guy. I am. I know. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um no, yeah. So signature signature model stuff should go directly to the pros and then generic model stuff um sure, we can we can spread it to models. That's fine. I mean, models got to have a job too, I guess. True. Um talking more on brands, I guess. This is not the direction I wanted this episode to go, but um <laughs> Sage Erickson just got signed to Outer Known, which mm -hmm. is Kelly Slater's company. So congratulations to Sage and Kelly for, you know, developing your brand and growing. I think that's probably where John is headed, right? I think so. Because he, he, he left Hurley a long time ago when they're dropping contracts along with other companies. That was yeah. like a couple months ago. So. Yeah, he got, he um, he bought out the rest of his contract, I believe. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, yeah. Congrats to Sage. That's that's a big move. That's awesome. And she seems happy too. So I'm all for it. Yeah, exactly. I remember she made a post talking about how she was leaving um, Ruka, and I was like, "What the heck? Why? <laughs> what what could what could you possibly be doing?" Yeah. But then she made the announcement that she's without her known, and I was like, "All right, girl." I see you. Yeah, for sure. All right, now that I've completely confused all of our listeners and us, because today right, is oh. clearly we're not on top of it's all our good. speech. <laughs> it's all good. We we can get into some current news that happened this week. Yes, let's do um, it. It was I think it was two days ago, sometime earlier this week. A uh, a small drug smuggling boat washed up at county line like right in front of the stairs at county um abandoned totally beat up they didn't find they didn't find drugs but there were some like experts who showed up on the site and just by the way that the the boat was built and they had like compartments like hidden compartments that they found mm -hmm. they are like somehow they were able to determine that this boat was definitely transferring meth like across the seas Whoa. isn't that crazy they singled in on a drug yeah um they're a bunch of they're Wait, like i saw what? that ship too or that little it was a dinghy it was so it was small. A small yeah it was super small how how could they even like go undetected and do any type like where were they going <laughs> from port wainimi no to like marina del rey or what were they <laughs> Where were they going on that? Shoot, I don't, I don't know. It's weird, but um, there are like, I don't know how many big, huge tanks of gasoline on the boat too, because I, I guess they're planning on traveling super far. Oh, you know, I just what? realized I'm so dumb. We're close to Mexico. Oh, Mexico. Yeah. Yes. There, there we go. Yeah. Um, but now. Now they're working on restoring it, the boat, mm -hmm. and I don't know why, but Coast Guard or some someone's gonna drag it along up north to Ventura for inspection or like getting restored or something. I don't know, mm. but yep, Mexico to County to Ventura. Dang, drug so smuggling. <laughs> are they looking for product in the ocean? That I don't know. I've only seen videos of the boat, but. 
why you want to go diving for product? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Do a little um, into the blue yeah. scavenger hunt? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but I do want to go diving soon. I want to go spearfishing soon. We yes. should do it. Yeah. Yes. That'll be next on the agenda. Get scuba certain. Our next and live stream will be us underwater spearfishing. Yeah. And then that's when we find the meth that was hidden from Mexico. <laughs> and then we're going to take it home Hard and not pass. tell anybody. Hard yeah. pass. Kidding. Taylor. Jeez. Um, but yeah. Drug smuggling boat. Crazy. Yeah, that's trippy. I want to learn more about it. I want to know where they were transporting from. I want to know if they find somebody because if if they were able to... I mean, the boat didn't seem like it was too destroyed and especially if it was local Mm -hmm. um there was that storm that tropical storm that came in so i'm sure the boat must have got caught in it yeah and it was coming from both north and south but i highly highly doubt and this might be a little stereotypical of me but i highly doubt that um they were transporting from canada (laughs) I, i think it might have been from south up yeah but um but yeah so we have that boat washing up ashore and then uh-huh. speaking about ghost ships there yes. is one that washed up in february this uh-huh. year in and ireland it was a massive massive actual ship yeah ghost ship so ghost ships are also called phantom ships if you didn't know that mm-hmm. um but they're just big ships that are just abandoned and no living crew is on them anymore. Okay, so let, let's talk a little bit about that particular crash, the one in Ireland. The Flying Dutchman? <laughs> yes, let's talk about the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so in, in February, um, this big cargo carrier washed up in Ireland. It's called the MV Alta. Um, it was on its way from Greece to Haiti in the fall of early the early fall of 2018 which was just about 1300 miles short of its destination and then the ship lost power and then after three weeks of repair efforts and airdrops of supplies the mv alta was still dead in the water and then a hurricane came up threatened this helpless vessel and then that's when the crew was like screw this we're leaving and they abandoned the ship so the coast guard was able to rescue 10 members um and but then they had to leave the mv alta to die in the ocean so what i think is my biggest takeaway of this whole (laughs) this whole story is um i had no idea that ghost ships or phantom ships um i had no idea like the actual meaning behind them and i never like tangibly thought about a ship being taken away in a storm and the crew having to abandon ship or be air vacked and rescued and then the ship because it's it's not like a car that gets in a car accident totaled and you can remove it from you know a, a situation it's a ship and it's massive and it's just yeah. going to go with the current and keep keep riding until it crashes yeah which is insane or until it sinks right right so phantom ships are out there guys you could be yeah. jogging along the beach you could be rowing a boat <laughs> You could be doing you could something. You could be fishing in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes, see... yeah. 
Yeah, because sometimes they don't look dead. They don't look destroyed. Because sometimes they're intact. The engines are just dead. And then they're just being carried. So, who That's knows? That's so crazy. Right? Yeah. And then they also said... Um, I don't know when, but uh, the MV Alta was also spotted. Oh, there it is. September of last year. Uh-huh. It was spotted in the North Atlantic. Just chilling. It was spotted by... Uh, oh, and then five months later, it was spotted by a jogger. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just like... That, that is what caught island. my attention because <laughs> I saw the ship um, when it was crashed and it looks abandoned. Like it, it was only out there for two years mm-hmm. with you know no upkeep and it looks like... A pirate ship so could you imagine being that jogger and looking out and seeing what presumably looks like a pirate ship with no crew that, how be, cool that'd be i know that'd be pretty sick but also like how terrifying and that's another thing that i also thought about is the ship has nobody running it yeah so the chances of something dangerous happening especially with a ship that large yeah that's insane like that's For sure an absolute disaster yeah have you <laughs> super random not really but have you seen the movie ghost ship no where it's like an abandoned ship and it's haunted because people and then people like go into it and it's oh it, it was an abandoned ship they restored it and then they had a big like kind of titanic voyage um on this like resurrected ship and the movie turned into like like final destination where the ship is trying to kill everybody oh my god yeah no <laughs> so you haven't seen it it's who's in funny. it i don't remember i was it, it was a pretty old movie like early early 2000s but yeah I, I remember one scene there's a piano playing and somehow the piano like one of the strings snapped and it like cut someone's head off like <laughs> oh my god like a right super weird <laughs> But that's what the MV Alta is going to do now. It's it's going to haunt people if everyone if anyone tries to go in there. Well, it's it's um, crashed now, so. Yeah, it's in human hands now. Yeah, I'm glad that at least it didn't hurt anyone because that was almost three thousand tons, and luckily it just washed up on the rocks, like the cliffside of yeah. a beach in Ireland, which it could have been much more destructive. Yeah. Um, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if you read about this, but there, I wanted to interview my friend um, who used to be in the Coast Guard for this episode. I just wanted to like ask him for a soundbite or something. But um, I guess there, to my understanding, there is some sort of a um, disposal protocol for ghost ships from the U.S. Really? Coast Guard. Yeah, so if they spot one, you know, you try to track the coordinates somehow, probably by air because there's no electricity. To my understanding, they track the ships down and they sink it because the ladder, yeah, the ladder would be it, they sink it. possibly um, being destructive or really hurting somebody. So, um, yeah, yeah to my understanding, they, <laughs> they fired cannons to set a blaze to the ship and let it they sink. They fire cannons at it? Yeah, they make it super pirate. Oh, that's so cool. That's um, really cool. Imagine being part of the, course, the Coast Guard and <laughs> being able to fire cannons at a dead ship so, and seeing it go down. That's so cool. Is there a specific, like, um, like, a designated, like, disposal area? Do you know where they do that? No, I think they just do it on site wherever they find it because they can't control it. 
True. But that's also something that I wanted to ask you is how do you feel about that disposal method? Like, we already have so much shit in the ocean. Now let's just sink an entire ship. Keep putting trash at the bottom of the sea. Like, how do you feel? I mean, there. it's how hard would it be? It, it would be super hard to, like, get it on land and, like, try to not have it in the ocean, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. As long as there's, like, no like chemical thing left on the ship then i i think it's fine to stay in the ocean and then that's where you see like what if it ruins the ecosystem it does um but then don't don't like some like fishies like start to just like chill there (laughs) (laughs) you give fishies a new home just like a fish tank but it um i feel like it'd be super hard to like get it out of the ocean and try to restore like recycle or restore it on land yeah so I, yeah i mean i guess my opinion on it is i don't know if there's any research done on it but you don't know until you try it because you have to look at things from also like um a business standpoint or like a resource standpoint where how many people how large of a crew how large of ships do you need to tackle a job like that how much time and effort does it put into that that takes away from other jobs in the coast guard mm-hmm. um so i mean like i don't see a problem in throwing a little bit of funding that way and seeing um if maybe we can figure out how much time and efforts it takes to run something like that and then to also track how much debris or you know how that how much it actually impacts the ecosystem negatively Mm -hmm. to see if we if it's worth it you know what i mean yeah so kind of like weigh the costs and benefits but we don't know unless we try yeah but of course if there's no funding then they're just gonna sink it and forget about it and move on to other important things but it's just interesting because who knows what if what if that method did help the environment yeah if they didn't sink it yeah because how many ships how many ships go undocumented per year that is a good question that was my next question actually how many how many go ships do they dispose of a year yeah are there a lot just gotta i don't know Um, look at all of this yeah because i'd be fine with disposing it in the ocean as long as it's like in like open sand and not like disturbing like an actual like reef habitat or like any other habitat you know yeah I don't know. I mean, the ocean is pretty freaking large. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah. Something large. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like some funding would be useful for that. There is also another ship. I know you didn't want to like go into the other ships, but there is a there is one that caught my eye. Uh, There's another ghost ship in the UK and it's rat Mm -hmm. infested now. It's called what? It's a rat infested ghost ship now. That's absolutely disgusting. Isn't that gross? Wait, how did they find that out? Did they uh, dispose of it? I don't know, but because you didn't, because we said that we weren't going to go into the ships. But this one's just titled "Cannibal Rats Infest Ghost Ship in UK." Which, f- first of all, there that means that on this ship there were already uh, like rats on the ship, right? And then and then the rats had to eat the rats to be cannibals. Yeah, so that's kind of gross. Jeez, just yeah, that's that's a rat super gross infested ghost ship oh yeah speaking about infested spaces Mm -hmm. just super random have i ever told you about Mm -hmm. the 
I think it's it's like it's called Snake Island in Brazil, and it's just an island habitated just by snakes and like it's like no one's allowed to go on there except for researchers and they have to get except for snakes snakes and researchers and they have to get like permission from brazil to go on here and they only get like an allotted amount of time but it's just an island just full of snakes and i saw a video and they're just like just hissing and like just like like just warping with each other and oh that's so disgusting. That's what I thought of when I read that rat infested ship. The rat infestation? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. My God. So, um, s- another tangent. Are you more scared of spiders or snakes? We've talked about this before, and I'm going to say spiders. Have we? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, you'd be more scared of a spider infested island than snakes? Yes. Really? Really. Even, okay. Even if they both weren't poisonous, mm-hmm. I would go with snakes. Really? Yeah. I and yeah. If I was on okay. Fear Factor I, and there's a choice between being in a tub of tarantulas and a tub of snakes, I would, I would win the competition by being in the snake one. Mm, 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 mm. At least tarantulas, you can kind of predict their direction. I think that's what freaks me out about snakes: is that they coil, they're long, they can jump. You don't know, and they're fast. Like you don't know where they're going, there's some, and I there's hate that. There's some fast tarantula that. species, though. I know, but jumping like, you tarantulas? Can kind of... Are you kidding me? Yeah, but they're they're easy. They're condensed. Oh no 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 no! Okay, mm. we need to move on from this. <laughs> I want. I wonder. I want, I want a debate from our listeners. Like, what do you prefer, tarantulas or snakes? I want. I want. I'm asking everybody about this. So let us know <laughs> what you guys yes, prefer. Yes, please let us know. Everyone's going to pick tarantulas. You'll what? Everyone's going to pick tarantulas. <laughs> I don't even care. As long as I don't have to deal with snakes. Okay. Snakes. I'm a snake. So could you even, could you hold a snake? Okay, we're moving on from this. <laughs> okay. No, I cannot hold snakes. I cannot do anything with snakes. Okay, well, do we have anything else besides snakes and rats? Sir? Uh, no. I, I'm done talking about snakes and rats and spiders now. Okay. Um, okay. Last thing before we end this very short episode. Um, I saw somewhere that apparently, I don't know if this is true, but apparently um, researchers are using some short, uh, some, some sort of shark plasma to possibly create uh, a vaccination for COVID. And they equated to like collecting this would kill over 30 sharks for just one vaccination. I don't know how true this is. Um, I came across it uh, last night and it was an Instagram page that was obviously a shark activist page and it had around 28,000 followers. So I don't know how accurate the information is and I just kind of took their word for it. Yeah. But interesting, huh? So I don't know how that's a thing, but... It would kill 30 sharks for one vaccination. For one vaccination. So it was saying that like half of the shark population would be exterminated. And they have to kill them? They couldn't just extract from the shark and keeping it alive? Yeah, let's put the shark in a in a lab and let's keep him. As opposed to killing and it? And let's extract it. I mean, like, they can... Well, I mean, oh, geez. they're large creatures. I don't think that they've really... 
there's not much you can really do. I mean, they're able to do ultrasounds on the sharks in the ocean and keep them safe. Yeah, but if they're going to start poking a shark and try to extract something internally. I feel like that takes. See, what I'm envisioning is they can. It's similar to shark finning. Similar to shark finning. I can envision them like catching the shark on the side of the boat, doing a quick extraction and then letting them go. (laughs) I don't think they can do that. Well, I don't think they should kill 30 sharks for one. one. Well, yeah, I don't think they should kill any sharks. Jeez, that's (laughs) insane. There's got to. I don't, again, I don't know how true that statement is, but kind of interesting that full circle COVID in the ocean and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yikes. I don't know how shark plasma or whatever would cure people of COVID, but that's just me. Oh, geez. Yeah. I don't know either. Well, that's interesting. Anyways, thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode of Ghost Ships. I hope you learned something. Um, if you see a ghost ship, please report it because those are dangerous. It kind of sounds like you're saying go ship. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Go ship. Go ship. Um, but anyways, um, we also have a segment where we share our blue listener stories at the end of episodes. So if you want to submit your ocean related story to get featured, please do so. Or any story. Um, and we appreciate all of our listeners. Clearly we can't thank you guys enough for tuning in each week. Um, we're sorry about this episode. This one was Christian's idea. So I fully blame you. Hey, I enjoyed this. (laughs) But anyways, thank you everyone for supporting us. Uh, be sure to tune in to our live streams, mostly Sundays, um on our patreon or our instagram and we hope to see you guys out in the water and we'll see you all later later yeah.